there's an inference in that verse apparently. I'm not a scholar, but a friend of mine who is told me there's an inference in that verse that, that means it is your ear hearing your voice speaking God's word that builds your faith. And uh, that is another thing that Jenny and I have found to be exactly true. I'm working, I was telling Pastor Richie, I'm working now on Romans 4 through 8. I memorized through chapter 7 a few months ago, and then we went into a really busy time. And um, just a much more traveling in the motorhome than we typically have done for several years, but all the way back to the East Coast and then back across the South. And I kind of lost a lot of it. So the last week or so, week and a half, I've been spending pulling it back, pulling it back. I, I, somewhere along here, over by my, up in the, uh, the, the booth there, I've got a, a little sheet. And I'll, I'll tell you about that when we get to, to uh, handy, helpful hints on how to, how to do this. But um, I just take it with me in the car uh, and, and just, just get a little bit and then review it and get a little bit. And as you hear yourself speaking about, in chapter 4 and 5, about Abraham and his, he believed God. And so God declared him to be righteous. He was even called a friend of God, James called him, James said. Um, anyway, it, that, it builds our faith. We have not had our faith so bolstered, not after 10 years of pastoring a church up in Wyoming, you know, I, I pastored at two churches for, for a total of nine years before I started memorizing. And I thought after I started memorizing, I am embarrassed to admit it. Because I knew about four or five verses of Scripture. And then there was, of course, uh, the 23rd Psalm, which you, you know, memorize as a kid all the time. And I didn't even know where most of them were. And I thought, and you are pastoring a church? I, it's not that I doubt that God used us during our time, and we hear feedback from folks that say, you know, we sure appreciated you being here, and we built a lot of relationships. But I, I thought the comparison, there, there is no comparison between fighting that battle the way we did for all those years and then having the Word of God reside within. There's a, I was telling Richie about a, a pastor, his, name's, uh, his name is Lorenzo Kelly, and he uh, pastors the Church of God in Christ in Rapid City. He's the bishop for, for South Dakota. And um, he and I worked together when I worked at the Christian radio station years ago. We would do, a, a, I guess, a black gospel radio program. Uh, they needed somebody who could operate the, the equipment as we pre-recorded. But, but he introduced me to so many just <laughs> amazing musicians and, and um Thompson Community Singers and Vanessa Bell Armstrong, who he said will hurt you in the name of Jesus. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, she will, she will. But um, my the 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 difference, uh, the difference that having the Word of God within has made is is beyond remarkable. It's just beyond remarkable. And, and if you wonder why we're so passionate about it, it's because we got to watch it in each other first. My, my wife, Jenny, used to be, she, it, when we got married, if she was asked to come up here and do anything, she, she couldn't breathe. She couldn't breathe, let alone say anything. Now, she'd go to the White House and quote Philippians, 2 Timothy, 
Esther. Philippians. Mike straight notes. Some of those folks out there in the hallways there. It's kind of like, you know, the, the end of Philippians where it talks about the, the number of Christians who are working in Caesar's palace. You know, can you imagine? So, anyway. Okay, let's move along. Move along. Number four, we may not always have access to God's word, and we talked about that on Sunday. If you were to lose access to the word of God in your lifetime, how much of God's word would you have available to you? And it's only what you put through the windows of your soul and let settle in your heart. It's, tr it's true. It's true. And uh, how many have ever had trouble with your, with your cell phone? Yeah, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to access your scripture on that either. You know, um, the devil knows all about the Internet. Memorizing and meditating on God's word. Well, we've been, through, we've been talking about this. And this is, uh, I should have waited till now and then just made it simple. Changes me. Memorizing and meditating on the word of God changes me. There is an interesting thing that happens. People will, will say, well, okay, uh, memorizing, grunt, 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 groan, groan, groan. Here's the interesting thing that happens. Yes, there's the memorization, there is the repetition, there's the reviewing, there's this kind of academic um, discipline that goes on in your mind to get it there. But when you get five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen verses of scripture that you can just speak through, that mechanical stuff starts turning into meditation. And you start reviewing, and God starts talking to you, and you think, as Carmen used to say, I want some more of that. I want some of that. I, I, I want to have the word of God in me in such a way that I can just speak it. I, get, I, I never dreamed when I was 50 years old, 15 years ago, 15 and a half years ago, that I could stand before you today and tell you that I have got, I'm working on my 10th book or large portion of scripture that no one can take away from me. See? And it might seem that, oh, 15 years, that's a long time. Start now. <laughs> you know, Just start. Make a start. So, okay. It changes you. It, it really does. It changes you. I talked to you about, about here's, what, here's what it changed in me. I, I was struggling, and this is when I started, and a little bit before. I was just struggling with my thought life. There wasn't anything wrong with our marriage. I wasn't messing around on the Internet. I was not hanging around at the wrong mag magazine rack. None of that. But I was just struggling with my thought life. And I was thinking, man, it's just making me mad. I thought, I don't, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I don't want to deal with this. But I, I just kind of, you know, dig in, grunt hard, and, and try to get rid of it. And I started memorizing Philippians. And about halfway through chapter 2, and that's the part where it says, um, you know, don't think only of your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they're doing. Your attitude should be the same that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not demand or cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared, which just blows me away, and appeared in human form. You know, you know we, sometimes, we sometimes read Scripture as though th those things weren't all that impacting. Can you imagine? The God of all the universe, the source, as Revelation calls Christ, the source of God's creation in heaven, shrugged off of his, ro his robes of royalty, And he deigned to come to the earth as a, an infant that, that was dependent on a 16 or 17-year-old girl to change his diapers. 
You want to talk about humble? And I and we sometimes we read through those when we're reading the word of God, we read those passages and there's just nothing that connects. We we have I had a pastor in Quincy, Illinois say, We don't know how to read the word of God from the pulpit anymore. Because we put no passion behind it. It's like, okay, this is the text for the re- the lesson today. Okay, now we're going to teach you what it means. And the Word of God should be perhaps the most impacting thing of, uh, of our time together. And so when, <laughs> I, I don't remember when it was, but I was doing Philippians one time, and it occurred to me that the God of all the universe appeared in human form. And it, it came away about that, about like that. I thought, that is Unreal. Well, it is unreal. (laughs) That's one of the things we want to encourage you to do is let the Word of God be God's voice in your ear. Let the Word of God begin to take on depth and dimension in your life. It cleanses me. Ephesians 5.26, now that's that part about husbands and wives and one of the most misunderstood portions of Scripture about, you know, wives submitting to your husbands. And and do you know what? The wives get the better of the deal there. Because the next thing is, oh, by the way, you hubbies must love your wife with the same love Christ showed the church. And he doesn't stop there. He gave up his life for her to be her savior. Then he says, so as the church submits to Christ, your wives must submit to your husbands and everything. And then he says, oh, by the way, you hubbies. That's where he says you must love your wives with the same love Christ showed the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Now the New Living says washed by baptism in God's word. The the King James in the the original kind of has that sense of having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word, which means no, no moss on your rocks. <laughs> you, know, you, you get that? When the, when, the, when the stream is meandering, you know, we got to spend a lot of time in the southeast this year and back east. You know, boy, there's, there are some, there's some mucky-looking rivers back there. I tell you, there are some things back there. You, think, you want to swim in that thing? Looks like, looks like pea soup. But you get to the Rocky Mountains and you see one of those cascading rivers. There's no moss on those rocks because it's cleaning that. And that's the river of the Word of God moving through you. And it, it convicts you. It just it gets things out into the open. So you have a choice. And they're stark choices. And God says, come to the cross now. See this? i got to deal with this. You can fight this all you want, but if you just get to the cross, we can deal with this in a heartbeat. And the Word of God in you seems to be that thing that goes, hey, come on. You know, it just pulls you in, draws you in. Okay. Having God's word in me builds confidence in its power and authority. If you go to the Christian bookstore, you will see literally thousands of volumes written by people who have had profound and significant relationships and experiences in the word of God. They're wonderful. I mean, it's it's really encouraging sometimes to read those. But I don't just read those. And we in, we encourage people, don't just read someone else's experiences about their time in the Word, and here's their book. Get into the Word for yourself. Have your own 
powerful experiences and start journaling. You know what journaling is? Writing your own book. That little book we had on the table was just a journaling through the book of Philippians. You know, so you, 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 go, you go start m- memorizing scripture and start having your own experiences and write your journal and, and we'll buy your book next year. Okay? You know? And don't you know that when you put pen to paper about what you're experiencing in the Word of God, it stays better. It stays better. And it also gives you a record. You know who Wayne Cordero is. And you've, you've done, uh, he's a four-star pastor in Hawaii. He also is connected with Open Bible. He, he went to the Open Bible College in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, was a roommate of a buddy of mine uh, up in Oregon. And he now is the chancellor of the Open Bible, Bible College there. And, and also, so he, he doubles his time. But he's the guy that came up with the Life Journal thing, okay? And one of the most compelling reasons to do that is, he says, someday I'm going to be able to hand my children I'm going to be able to hand my children about 37 to 40 volumes of what their father has heard from God. That's compelling. And you get to read back through them and see, man, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Talk about building your faith and building confidence. So the Word of God, having the Word of God in you, builds confidence in its authority and power in our lives. Reading somebody else's account of their experience in the Word doesn't necessarily do so. It can be encouraging, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily foster this foundational understanding of the, this Word is my standard. This Word moves me and changes me. So, get in the Word and have your own experiences. Okay, here we go. So how do we get started? First of all, set a goal. Okay, the goal really isn't just getting a portion or a chapter or a book. The goal here is to get the heart of God. The goal here is to hear from God, to have his word become uh, significant and powerful in our lives. So, uh, but, but yeah, set a goal. Uh, grab, grab yourself a portion, a chapter, a book. Set a regular time and place. And the reason for that, what we found, was it helps with the discipline. Now, some people are morning people. Uh, some people are night people. I have a couple of good hours around lunch. But <laughs> it's about the way it is. But find a time when you can uninterruptedly just say, I'm turning off the distractions. This is my God time. This is the time for Jesus and me. And just take, start up, look, if you haven't got anything but 10 minutes, do 10 minutes. If you've got five minutes while the weather's on, Hit the mute and do it while the weather's on. But find a time when it's just you and the Lord, and you just shut out. You turn off the phone. You turn off the TV. You go, I did it uh, the last about 15 minutes before I was I went to sleep. I just did, did it while I was lying in bed. And fortunately, we had a king-size bed back then, and I could whisper in my, my ear, and Jenny could read her book, and she did hers in the morning. So find a time. Find a place. Set, a, set a, a time and a place and let the discipline begin. Choose a translation and a passage. There's no bad translation. We do not encourage people to use paraphrases. Now, paraphrases include the message, the living Bible, and, say, J.B. Phillips. There are others, but those are the three main ones. And, and the reason is that a, tr- a, a paraphrase is one person 
giving you his take or her take on Scripture. A committee translation is a collection of scholars that have come together. You wonder why, why there's a copyright on Bibles? It's because they paid a lot of money to some really smart people for a long time to translate uh, a book or two or three people on one, one book. So, um, <clears throat> so pick the translation. Jenny and I chose the New Living Translation first edition. The first edition is no longer available. It is now the second edition. And it's a, it's a good one, too. But I mean, whether it's a New English or the New American Standard or the New King James or the King James, um, just find a, a committee translation that you're comfortable with and that you understand. If, if you are having a hard time, if you have a hard time understanding the King James, don't memorize from it because it's just going to continue to confuse or, or it's not going, you're not going to be able to embrace it readily. Okay? Just find something you're, you're comfortable with, and it is, it is a translation, a scholarly translation. Use one copy of Scripture. Now, some of these have to do with Jenny's and my discipline in, the area, in this area because um, I, I have a hard time with, uh, you know, like an iPad or a computer where every page looks the same. I let's see. I had a Bible here once upon a time. Um, I was much younger then, but anyway, when you, there it is. Yeah. Um, thank you. When I opened the Bible, and this is why we we tell you to use one copy. It is because when I would open this, when I would open this scripture, if I was doing Jeremiah, which I'm not, but not yet. <laughs> I have a lot of people ask me to do Jeremiah. It's only 46 chapters or something. But, but when you open the Bible to start working on it, your, your mind takes a picture of that page every time you open it up. And if you're there, I mean, that would take a significant amount of time to memorize those two pages. So every time you look at that, you're, you're taking a picture of that page. You're taking a picture of the page. If you do this for a week and then you think, Oh, I've got an NIV study Bible that maybe I should... Well, it's completely... It's arranged completely differently. And um, at least this pea brain couldn't get his brain around it. I, I had made some uh, uh, prompting notes for Jenny. And slipped... I just used a Word, a Word document. Slipped it in some protective covers and I was going to give it to her and say, Here, see, now you can, you can check me up when I'm doing something. She says, No... He says, I want to listen too. You know? And so I had him in the car. Jenny was shopping, uh, doing grocery shopping or something. And I thought, I had left the Bible at home. But I thought, oh, I got those, I got those sheets. So I picked them up. And I, I memorized about oh, four verses there. It was an hour and a half or so. And I memorized four or five verses. And, you know, it screwed me up for four years. My brain just wanted to go from here to something else when I was coming through in, in a copy of the scriptures because that's where I was memorizing from the, she the sheets. But where it was was the next <laughs> thing over. In fact, I did Ephesians. This was Ephesians. I did Ephesians one time, and it usually takes 35 minutes. And I got all the way through, and it was about 18 minutes. And I thought, that was quick. I thought, I know what happened. Because <laughs> I had skipped from here 
over to somewhere else here. So I, I went on through. I, I thought, well, now what do I do? Well, they need to hear what I left out. So I went back and, and started where I left out, and I filled in the blank. And then I thought, well, now what do I do? Oh, they need to hear the last part twice. So I just kept on going. But that came about as a result of using a different pattern for my eyeballs than just using that one copy of Scripture. So this is... This is our memo. This is our memo Bible. It is a thin line. Um, Tyndale, they're the publishers. The New Living Translation, first edition, and it's the only one we use. I carry two extra copies because it's out of print now, and I have a tendency to leave a trail of crumbs around the country. So I've lost about six of these already. So could somebody please make sure I get this with me when I leave? But use one copy of Scripture. One copy of Scripture. Simplify things for yourself. Okay. Where do I go? Oh! Did it quit? Oh, no! Oh, no! It quit! Okay. Here we go. We'll just reinitiate. Maybe could you just bop the the bar? There, that's it. Read read and review aloud. This is something that's really important. When you're reviewing or when you're memorizing for, for the first time, when you're reading scripture, read it aloud. And the reason is, when we read silently, we put no inflection into the Word of God. When you're reading it silently, you, you're not letting it really wrap around your heart. So speak it aloud. And because we go back to that thing with faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, there's something about speaking it aloud and letting your ear hear your mouth speaking it that, that helps establish it. Now, Jenny is quick also to, to explain that if you can couple with that some kind of physical exercise, physical activity, you know, whether you want to go walking or you're just doing calisthenics, I don't know, what, um, that physical motion helps to establish the synapse in the brain for some reason. Some of us, our exercise is eating, you know, tacos, but um, that doesn't work quite as well. But uh, yes, read and review aloud and let your heart get into the passion of what's being, being uh, uh, read. Uh, it's, it's the thing of, uh, go ahead and hit it again. I'm not sure why it's, I've got a, a nine flashing here. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, it's apparently I've got, I managed to. Oh, did I do it again? There's a little arrow at the top of that screen, a little black arrow. Could you just hit that again? And we'll just depend on you to do that. Okay, go ahead and scroll through, and then we'll add, just hit the bars until we get there. Read and view aloud. Let the word of God become God's voice in your ear. You will always have a voice in your ear. Make sure it's the right one. <laughs> You'll always have a voice in your ear, somebody's voice in your ear. Make sure it's the right voice. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Take it slowly. When I started memorizing, I could not absorb much. So I memorized the entire book of Philippians pretty much a half a verse at a time. And, and I think I shared on Sunday that somebody once made the comment that, well, that's not very much. <laughs> I said, well, how much did you memorize last year? 
I got the book of Philippians. But it was just a little, how, how do you eat an elephant? You got it. Take it slowly, however slowly you have to do it. One of the, uh, one of the tricks for, for your uh, a mind exercise is choose your chapter of Scripture, perhaps, and then before you start memorizing it, read it through once a day for 21 days. By the time you get around to memorizing it, you will have a really good idea of what's in that chapter. And, it, and the memorization process will become easier to accomplish. Okay, you go ahead. Review it daily and review from the top. Now, when you're doing something like uh, Colossians, Philippians, 2 Timothy, um, you know, even 1 Peter or Sermon on the Mount, it's about a, even the whole thing is 18 to, 20, 18 to 30 minutes, somewhere in there. So when you're, when you're beginning... Uh, and you've got four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen verses, even a full chapter. A full chapter typically takes about five minutes to recite, maybe a little bit more depending on the chapter. Whenever you can, go back and start at the top. In other words, if you go home tonight and you say, I'm going memor- to memorize the first chapter of James. Well, you, you, other than the salutations, you're going to get to, Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. And if that's all you get, that's great. Tomorrow night, you'll go, <clears throat> for when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. So you get that memorized, but what you do in review is go back to the top and you say, dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when you, your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And the third night is, for when your faith is, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. And then what do you do? You go back to the top. And you can, you can actually recite a lot of scripture in a, in a matter of, uh, if you're memorizing half a verse, you can have that done in five minutes. And then you can, you've got another, 15, another 10 minutes to recite actually up to two, two chapters. And, and just keep doing it from the top because every time you go back and repeat it, it's not mechanics, it's meditation. You know, we're told meditate on the Word of God. Well, does that mean just grunting and groaning over it as you got the Bible open? No. Well, Jenny, I mean, look, Jenny and I have been in this deal a long time. I was in church a week after I was born. And I've never escaped. So we've been around this a long time, this walking with the Lord. I got saved when I was six years old. We've just never found anything quite as fruitful as memorizing scripture. So we used to, we, you know, we used to do things like we'd watch MASH every time, every night after news. You know, how many watch MASH after news? Every, you know, every night? Oh, of course you watch. You know, yeah. Well, we, we started, we, we started going to bed before that program came on, and we would just be lying in bed, and I'd be memorizing, Jenny might be reading. When you, when the Word of God starts coming alive in you, the thing you set aside to accomplish this loses its meaning. It loses its impact and grip on you. And the, the, the weird thing is you don't mind because you see other things, the things that your soul, your heart has been so longing for for sometimes decades is starting to happen in you because of just exercising this simple discipline. And, and even when you're struggling with it, God's helping you. And you're meditating on the Word of God. And just letting, letting the Word start coming alive in you. And, and then God uses the Word 
to get your attention instead of you silly, silly boy. You know, he starts using the word to bring, to, to arrest your attention. So, okay. What else have we got? Oh, that's right. I'm not pushing the button anymore. Okay. <laughs> Work hard to avoid discouragement. Uh, because you may, you may sit down this week and say, oh, you're working on James, and you might get the first two or three verses, and then you run into a verse that just kind of eats your lunch, and you, you get discouraged. And, and a lot of people give up just when, and you've all heard the thing about, you, you, know, you just never know, you might have had that one more try, <laughs> and it would have released how close sometimes we come to our victories, but we quit just one step before we realize it. Um, regularly, I run into verses that nail me. They stop me in my tracks. But what, what I've, I'm coming to learn and have, have kind of come to learn, and you've got to relearn it each time, but it's that those verses you contend for, you fight for them, they become the keys that lets you flow, and sometimes you'll get that one, you might fight it for about a week, and then all of a sudden, boom, and you just flow through the next ten verses really easily. And then you'll bump into another one, and you got to fight for that thing again. And there's another week, and you fight and fight and fight, and boom, and there you go. And these things become those, those, those markers, if you will, those keystones in your memorization that yeah, I know that I know where I am. Man, I'm going because I got another one down there, and it's and and they're all the way through. You see. So, remember, you must press through the duty of memorizing to experience the life-changing delight of having God's Word planted in your heart. Now, that is, that is shamelessly stolen from Larry Lee <laughs> a number of years ago. Do you remember the, the uh, Could You Not Tarry With Me One Hour? It was a video on prayer, and that was a statement that he made, and I've never forgotten it. He said... Um, you need to press through the duty of prayer to experience the delight of prayer. And he likened it to kind of pressing through a membrane. It'd be like coming up to a, a clear membrane. And instead of, you can kind of see where it might go, but, but oh, I can't get through. And, and persistence says, I'm going to stick my finger in that thing and roll it around and rip it apart so I can get through to where I want to be. And instead of bumping it out and say, well, I guess that's as far as I can go. So contend, contend. Don't get discouraged. Let me tell you a really quick story. Channing, Texas, population 80. Yahoo! <clears throat> we did a presentation one Sunday evening at a little Baptist church. Of eight, uh, I mean, I don't, there wasn't 80 people there. And there was a gal there. Oh, I forget her name. She'd been a part of a, an Assembly of God church for years and was a part of this little Baptist church now, Southern Baptist church. And she had suffered from clinical depression for years nothing could be done about it. And when we were presenting the challenge, God whispered in her ear and just said, uh, or, oh, no, no, that's right, that's right. She said, Lord, if you'll wake me up, I'll do this. If you, how many know a depressed person who's really a morning person who snaps out of bed at 5.30 and I'm ready for the day? No, not typically. Monday morning, 5.30, bing! God whispers in her ear, I did my part. And so she got up, she made a cup of coffee, sat at the kitchen table, opened her Bible, 
and began to try to memorize. It was hard, 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 hard. She just couldn't seem to make any progress and got a little frustrated and stopped and went on with her day. Tuesday, thing, 5.30. She got up, made a cup of coffee, sat down with her scripture, and she again tried to, 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 to see what would come alive and, and memorize it. And she, and she was just having such a struggle. On the third day, she woke up, 5.30, got a cup of coffee, sat down, and opened up her copy of Scripture. And be, as she began to work on it, God shattered her depression, and it has never returned. That was three years before we came back, and she said, I've got to tell you the story. It was the Word of God. So we have come also to sometimes as if we remember, we'll say, look, if you're here and you need a physical touch in your body, God might just take care of that as you're listening to his word. Isn't that something? I mean, just exercising. Here's a woman doesn't think anything had happened. And just through the process of the obedience, she says, I will do this. And God takes it. And what it triggered it was Jenny was, we were getting ready to do one of these, a jump start. And Jenny was going around pulling down the old shades, you know, the old rollers. And she pulled it down and she went to move on to another one. And that thing released and went and that's when this gal said, I need to tell you a story. Because it was just like that. It was just like that shade going, and my life was changed forever. She's a lifetime memorizer of the Word of God. God's Word can do stuff in your life. And we so long, uh, me, me, I'm guilty for so long. I just kind of cruised. I was a cruise control Christian. Mm, hit the button. And just kind of cruise. Yeah, we're making it. We're making it. Heaven's. I see heaven in the distance, but we're not. We're not doing anything to become impact players for the kingdom of God now. How does God want to spend me today? God doesn't invite us to a, to a comfy, comfy, cozy walk with Jesus. He said things like, "They didn't like me. They're not going to like you." That's not exactly comfy. In this world, you'll have tribulation. That's also translated pressure. But be of good cheer. I overcame the world. Come on, let's go. Okay, next. Watch this. <laughs> Just do it. Now, there was, there was a, a slide missing here that what I'd like to do for about 10 minutes is I would like you to, how many brought your Bibles? Anybody not have a Bible? Okay, uh, some of you don't have a Bible, and, and I, can, I can let you use this one. Um, Psalm 119, I think verses 9 through 16, somewhere in there. What I'd like for us to do is take just a few minutes, and we'll do our best to have you out of here at, at 8 or just really shortly after, but just take a few minutes to see how you do. Now, what it means is you got to mumble. <laughs> if you're going to do this out loud, you got to mumble. So I got to hear mumbling. Got to hear mumbling. So we can just kind of fill this with a kind of a mumbly atmosphere here while we're, we're working on just seeing how much of that portion of Scripture you can commit to memory. Now, usually I, I work along with you, but I don't have a copy of Scripture right now. So, uh, But this is something we do. There are people who, at the end of the workshop, this is what convinces them, because they still don't think they can memorize. Now, if you've got it on your smartphone, go ahead and use it on your smartphone. It's just a few verses. 
but uh, Psalm 119, uh, verses 9, I think 9 through 16 or 9 through 17? 119, yeah. Did I say 19? Psalm 119. You're just equipping yourself to be spendable. See, now most people, most people won't end up selling their house, buying a motorhome, and wearing a dress like me, or a costume. Okay. That doesn't exempt us from what God wants to do in us. We are just, you know, people tell me often, "Boy, you have a wonderful gift." I have no gift for that. I have no gift of memorization. I didn't think we could do this any more than anybody else when we started. It was just a buddy of mine, Jerry, that looked me in the eye. And, and really got in my face. How often do you have to keep going back and repeating for that phrase that you Well, at the, at the, a little earlier on here, we said review daily and review it from the top as you're memorizing. I don't get all of them because I've got, I've got ten, uh, uh, 10 of them. One of them is Revelation, and I rem memorize Revelation 1 through 17. Well, in that process, it was it was unrealistic to go back and go all the way to the beginning to review each time because it takes about two hours to get to where I was in 17. So I would always go back two or three chapters, but we have not ever been asked to do uh, revelation publicly other than one through five or one through seven, which, which is wonderful, it's powerful. But we haven't been asked to do that. So I've kind of lost a lot of that, but I keep going back to revisit it. I keep going back to revisit it. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Now, if you do this, if you're faithful to keep on plowing it in, there comes a point. Uh, Jenny Jenny can do the book of Ruth anytime. She doesn't have to review it. Uh, both of us can do Philippians. I can do Ephesians and James and probably 1 Peter. Uh, I, can do, I can do Revelation 1 through 5 without going back for a review, though we always usually do review it before. Is it like memorizing a script? Well, it, and I guess you could look at it that way, but I have a hard time doing it because a script won't change your life. <laughs> you know? But technique could be very similar. Now, keep in mind, now Broadway's one thing, but people in movies, these guys in movies, let me tell you something about making a movie. If they're making a blockbuster movie and Brad Pitt is the star, if they get three minutes in the can for a whole day's shooting, for 12 hours of shooting, they are elated, elated for them to use. Some of those guys just memorize the stuff when they're on script, or, or on, on, on set. So, you know, it's not like they memorize the whole movie and then they go shoot bits and pieces. But if they get three minutes, three minutes, and a movie is very seldom shot consecutively or in what, what is it's never shot um, chronologically there's the word <laughs> and so uh, but Broadway's a different deal you got to have the whole thing whole thing done my my gift if you will is that I am I, I have no problem standing in front of people in a costume and doing what we do that's my gift I don't have a gift of memorization memorization is a skill that you develop. 
the more you use it, your mind is like, a, 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 people, a lot of people have likened it to a muscle. And most of us, for most of our lives, myself included, let other people tell me their story from a box that lit up my living room. And when you think about it, if you're letting someone else tell you a story all the time, you are not using this thing to the degree that you need to. So we, this is a discipline that isn't just kind of, oh, yeah, okay, Rod and Jenny came, and yeah, it's kind of cool to hear them do a book of Scripture, and I really enjoy it, and which is all fine and good. But it's, it's a discipline that changes the life first. And the changes happened in me first. I memorized for three years before God said, we're, going, we're doing something different. So, um, go ahead. How many feel that way? If you memorize something, it's kind of like, how many have watched The Lord of the Rings where, uh, where, where they, they get to the prancing pony and Mr. Butterbur says, well, one thing pushes out another. You know, it's kind of that way. Okay. For us... A decision we made early, now this is one of the steps, the decision we made early was to use the New Living Translation. Two reasons. Number one, it's a, a full committee translation. Number two, it sounds like I talk. That's one of the reasons why, is that the New Living there too? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, when I started, it was a half a verse a night. Well, um, you know, we don't want to make assumptions. We don't want to make assumptions about uh, everybody's, you know, m memorization quotient. Um, but the only thing that seems to, the only thing that seems to keep it with you so that when you wake up in the morning, I do it at night, and then I would wake up in the morning and see if it was still there. And a lot of times it was, and I'd just review it right then. Um, sometimes it wasn't. Open the Bible and Oh, okay, yeah, and so I do it then. And, but through the day, I would just go back and revisit that, revisit that, revisit that, revisit that. One of the things, not so much for me that way. It, look, everybody memorizes a little bit differently. And I don't want to, to just kind of impose this, this one way of, of doing it on you. Um, some people have said, I memorize by music, so I'll take a scripture and I'll write my own song. And, you know, they might take two verses and make a, and, and it, w it may sound nonsensical because it doesn't rhyme and it's your own little melody, and, but it's your song. It's your song. It doesn't matter. Um, other people, they write them out on cards. I can't write them out on cards because I, here's what happens with me as I memorize here, verse 1 triggers verse 2, triggers verse 3, triggers verse 4 and 5 and 6 and all the way through, especially in the earlier parts of it. After a while, 
it's not quite so much that way. But for quite a long time, if you said, what's uh, Philippians 3.3? I couldn't tell you. I can give you an idea where it was, but I, couldn't, I can't quote it to you because I don't do addresses. And when I was a kid, anybody been here? When you memorize when you're a kid, uh, they said, you don't know where it is? You haven't memorized scripture. That's wrong. It's helpful, but it's wrong. Because not being able to say it's, it's Philippians 3.3 3 does not make it any less God's word. Okay? So if somebody says, well, what was that in, in, in Philippians 3? that you?" I said, well, I don't know. Go read it. You know, it's really what I do. I really do. Get them involved. There, there is a fellow by the name of Bill Fay, and he has literally led thousands of people to Christ one-on-one. And what he does is he's got a little testament in his pocket. And he doesn't read the scripture to them. He opens the opens his little book and hands it to them and says, read, read, read that one, read that highlighted one. And so they'll read it. And then he'll flip to another one. He says, read that one. And they'll read it. And there are about four or five scriptures. And, and then as he's leading, leading them to, to a relationship with Christ, and he says, the reason I do that is it's going in their eyes. It's not just me reciting something to them. They're reading the word of God, and it's processing through the mind, which I think is entirely valid. Um, I, for, for me, for memorization, persistence is the only key. Re- repetition is the key to memorizing. It, it sounds mechanical. It sounds like you're cheating. But the truth is memorization is the result of repetition. Now, that's happening here in the brain. But when you get this thing repeated enough where it starts sinking and it gets down into here and it becomes a part of who you are, and that's when you start hearing God talking to you about things. Jenny went out. We were were parked over Cornerstone with Greg Massonet, the church he pastors. And she would go walking in the morning. And she was memorizing Philippians. And she went out the door. (coughs) She starts walking and she says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And God said, pardon me? She said, oh, you're right. When I think of that person, I, I'm, I'm comparing. When I think of that person, I'm, I'm suspicious of their motives. That person doesn't like me. And she, she just began to weep. She said, <coughs> the word of God stops her in mid-step. I mean, it's just that kind of stuff in the reviewing. And and so now we can stand, now we stand before churches like yours. And when we say, every time we think of you, we give thanks to our God, it's absolutely true. We love coming to this church. We just love it. But it, it just comes through, it sounds mechanical, but the mechanical become meditation. You just got to give it a little chance. And part of it, too, is this. Use the muscle and work the muscle. It's like I, I've been thinking about getting a bicycle because my, my legs are so out of shape. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the way of a slow bicycle right now, I think. But I was, I, you know, I've been thinking, but I know what's waiting for me. If I get a bicycle, my leg's going to burn. It's going to burn and burn and burn until I get in shape enough that I can go for a, go for a, a, a five or six or seven-mile ride. And it's kind of the same way with, with how we, we, we do, you know, working with our mind, too. There, there takes, there's a, 
that discipline that just results in sometimes frustration, but just keep trying. I don't know, so often. Yes? Why do you want to? Why do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. See, our relationship with God, our relationship with God is as a wife with a husband. That is the kind of intimacy God wants with us. We don't like talking about that. We don't like thinking in, ter- in, you know, in terms of, 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 of some sort of sexual in- intimacy. But, but it's that closeness that God wants with us. And some of us, we run away from it. We run away from it. I started memorizing in 2000, in the year 2000. Jenny started in 2005 because she didn't think she could do it. You know, I think she shared that. She did not think she could do it. God got a hold of her when she went to Peru and to see her sister and brother-in-law. And I was supposed to go, but my passport hadn't arrived. My passport expired, and I had to apply for a new one. So I got to stay in Dallas. And, and, uh, and Jenny went down, and God got a hold of her as <laughs> her sister had set up all of these presentation opportunities, and I wasn't there. And God said, Jenny, you do this. She said, uh, I don't know this. You do this. So she called the people. I think she shared this on Sunday, maybe. Yeah. But she began to see things in me start to change. When you're three, we've got three boys. One's in their 31, and 30, and 35, and 37 now. And only one is married. Please send pictures. And, you know, we'll take applications. <laughs> but when, when all three of our sons, at one time or another, came to Jenny and me and said, you guys are different than you used to be. And the only thing we could, could point to was that we had both embraced the discipline of memorizing the Word of God. One of the things that, that made Jenny desire to, ha- to, to start hiding the Word of God in her heart was watching me. 
And, and I, was just, I was just gasping to keep up with what God wanted to do. I mean, I, and this wasn't something like, oh, here's this, you know, here's Mr. White, you know, White Steed. And no, it wasn't that. It was just she, stu- she saw things begin to change in, in the way I handled, w- I responded to her, how I worked with the boys and how, you know, just attitudes around <coughs> in, the, in the ministry. There is an attractive, an attraction, <coughs> pardon me, of fragrance that comes with knowing the word of God. Having the, not pride, the Pharisees, the Pharisees memorized what? Half the Old Testament. They, they memorized all the scripture and missed Jesus when he showed up. Big, fat bunch of good it did them. It's absolutely true. Because their memorization led to what? Pride. They, they were proud. They were proud that they had all this stuff, and they could quote scripture, and they could pray in the public places, and they loved, you know, the the, the significant seats of the feasts. It's not what what the word of God is supposed to do. The word of God is supposed to kind of be a tenderizer, and it's more of a tenderizer than an exalter, if you will. It tenderizes your heart, and and just changes the way you view things. And I I fully <laughs> I fully expect that. The, the latest tenderization, you know that thing about being patient when I'm driving? That going down. You know, it, it's it's going to take, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So many other things. You've watched other friends who've started, who've been memorizers. And you see them go from edgy, uh, suspicious, greedy, to being people who, <laughs> the folks who ch- challenge us first, you know, Jerry was kind of a that way. He was kind of, you know. I, we watched him over the course of several years go from a guy who would, would crack jokes about his wife at her expense when she was around to someone who, who just submitted to it one time and then said, Marie, I'm sorry, forgive me. That was really unkind. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, who are you and what have you done with Jerry? When they, when they came off the road, they traveled for about five years doing similarly to what we do here. When they came off the road, they gave away their motor home. $22,000, $25,000 worth of motor home to a young couple who was going to do missions work in Mexico. That wasn't Jerry. That wasn't Jerry. That was the Word of God working on Jerry making him look a lot like Jesus. You know? So, so this, this whole thing is just kind of an encouragement, really, to almost like, you know, the old Abba song, take a chance. <laughs> take a chance. Give God a chance to, to build in you the kingdom, that, the, the kingdom presence that your, your heart has always desired, you know, that you've always wanted. Um, and it, it just takes some work. People look at us and say, man, that's really cool. That's really cool. I said, well, okay, you want to do the work? You can have the same thing. Not everybody, for instance, who was, oh, not everybody ends up with a, with a costume on and living in a motorhome. But I'll tell you something that happened in Portland. Now, Jer- this was somebody that Jerry talked to before they stepped off the road. He's a guy that drives trucks all across the camp- country, all across the country. And uh, he decided that he was going to memorize scripture one time after he had seen Jerry and Marie. And he just, that was back in the days of cassettes. It's a long time ago. 
And he bought a Bible on cassette, and running back and forth across the country, he memorized everything from the, the beginning of Romans to the end of Revelation. Just by listening to it and repeating it and repeating it. As he drove, he says, I can't stand what's on the CD. So he just listened to the word. And well, he said, he told Jerry one time, I will never put on a dress and stand in front of people. Quote scripture. But what God did was he gave him, he invited him through a, a unique set of circumstances to go into the Oregon State Penitentiary anytime he was in the Portland area and walk up and down the hallway of death row quoting scripture. Anytime he was in town, he would just go walk up and down death row quoting the word of God. You want to have a hunger for the word of God? I, I have a friend who, a year, just over a year ago, he was a, a bosom buddy. He was a lifer. He and I worked together. We, we David McPherson was his name. And uh, beginning of November last year, he had, he had had a couple of physical things. One's called uh, RSD, and it makes your hands and feet just burn because it's a neurological problem that's, that's caused often by accident. He was in a motorcycle accident. He was a motorcycle rider. But that had just begun to subside and was going into remission. And But he just started feeling really odd. He was on a lot of medications and probably too much, but we went down to see Dave and Sherry, and, and uh, Dave and Jenny and I went up to up to the hills around Colorado Springs, and Jenny and I, for whatever reason, we own a couple of acres up there that we bought years ago and we'll never use. But we went up just to see our piece of dirt, you know. It's one of the few things we own still. And um, I had a wonderful day with David. The next day, he was really looking forward to a new doctor's appointment in Denver because she wanted to really take a, a good examination of what was going on so maybe she could help. And we drove David up to Denver the next day, dropped him off at his daughter Mindy's place, and then Mindy took him to the doctor later that afternoon. And uh, But he also, this, this other thing began to cause kind of a seizure thing. It wasn't epilepsy or anything like that, but it was just he would get this really restless leg thing. And they had they had come across a really good deal on one of these uh, shiatsu massage chair that had the leg thing too, and so he would he would and sometimes these seizures would disturb Sherry, and she was working full time and needed his help, so she she took to sleeping in another bedroom, and and this uh, one Sunday night he was having a hard time sleeping, and and so he went. Uh, went downstairs to the basement and sat down in the chair and kicked it into gear and, and he reclined a little bit and he plugged his his earphones in on his, his iPhone and, and was listening to the word of God. He just chose to listen to the word. And sometime between 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock he went from listening to the word to standing in the presence of the word. And Sherry found him in the chair the next morning. When the pastor at the funeral told us what had happened, I, I just, uh, it's one of those kind of goosebump moments, you know, when you think about here. He chose instead of, you know, he, did, he didn't listen to, you know, some of his favorite music. He chose to listen to the word. And it was like God was just preparing him to move right into the presence of the, of the living word. And uh, it, it's, 
it's poignant to me, and I, it may not be as poignant to anybody else, but, but just that inclination to be in and around the Word makes such a difference. Um, li lifelong. You know, Jenny and I are lifelong memorizers now. It, it's work. It's work. I'm doing Romans 4 through 8, yes, and it's work. I'll tell you what, chapter 5, where, where Paul's talking about the comparison between, between Adam and, and uh, Christ, it just took me, it took me weeks to get that sorted out, you know? So there's nothing really great about my brain. It's just the persistence of how badly do you want to have the Word of God in you? How badly do you want to know what God is saying about situations? And, and how badly do you want to have the resource, the reservoir of, of the Word of God in you to, to speak into the life of someone else, a word of encouragement, sometimes a word of correction, but I'll tell you what, it's far more often a word of encouragement. How, how much do you want to watch your children have your children watch you grow into the the fullness of where is it in um, in First Peter, First uh, Peter chapter two he says, um, so get rid of all malicious behavior and deceit. Don't just pretend to be good. Be done with hypocrisy and jealousy and backstabbing. You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you can grow into the fullness of your salvation. So, so. What kind of definition of full salvation do you want to have? It's, it's distinctly tied to what are you prioritizing in your life as far as input? I just listened to a sermon. That I, I didn't plan to. It was a fellow Southern Baptist guy, and he was at a youth convention saying, we've got to get some of this straightened out because some of the stuff you guys are, and he's talking to 5,000 youth, well, some, some of you guys are sleeping together. And you call yourselves a Christian. You're, you're watching movies and TV shows God hates. How, how, how badly do you want to walk with God? You know, how badly do you want to have the kingdom of God? You know, when, when he says the kingdom of God is near you, it's even in your mouth. How much, you know, how badly do you want to have the kingdom of God as a resource for you that you can speak out into, into the livelihood of, of, the, of those around you and, and encouragement? And watch God do in things, rather things in you, in your life that you have wanted for, for years sometimes, for decades sometimes. But we have we tend to avoid the disciplines that it takes to see those things happen. And following Jesus wasn't easy. You know, <laughs> my goodness, Jesus said, "Get in the boat and go to the other side." He goes to sleep on the boat, and what happens? Are they just? gentle breeze wafting them to the other side. No, they hit a storm. Following Jesus isn't just a, a cakewalk. It's sure worth it. But he's always calling us to walk deeper into ourselves. And it doesn't always come easy. Or easily. Okay. Uh, let me j just for, for maybe five minutes, uh, tell you what, let me encourage you to, to to, to get your, your chapter, your chunk of scripture that you want to memorize, and just, just set out to do that. But are there any other questions about, about the process that you have now about memorization? No, I don't. No, I... <laughs> I love singing. I love singing. Um, 
I ha- I'll tell you what I have asked God for, and, and he has given me a couple of songs. I've asked him to g- start giving me songs that relate to the scripture that I'm memorizing that can become perhaps a trigger, but, but just the things that are coming, the fruit that's coming out of it. But yeah, I love to sing. I, I, I sing better in my mind than maybe I do on the platform, but, um, you know, I, I have not as yet used music. I, I work really, uh, I work best just off this script, and that's why I, I want to just keep doing it the way I've been doing it. So, anybody else? Uh, yes, Jenny and I, well, we tried that one time. We, we have tag-teamed through Philippians because we both do Philippians, but then I had one of my other books was Ephesians, and she said, um, oh, I think I'll do Ephesians now. I said, no, go get one of your own, which there was no sense in duplicating all of our efforts. So um, I tried doing verse by verse with, with Jerry one time in Midland, Texas, but he was doing it out of the, the New King James, and I was doing it out of the New Living, and all we ended up was laughing at each other. So, um, but we sometimes we on one occasions we we uh, occasion we tag team through uh, Philippians. So, but we help each other and we discuss things. I I'll read. Jenny is so man, she's so fast. She's got a mind, and I I, I long for one. But um, I'll I'll be reading. We read every morning aloud, and we're on um, we're just starting Luke 19. We're at Luke 19 tomorrow. But I'll be reading along, and she'll just say, man, wait. You know, and I'm going, what do you hear now? You know, and, she, and she'll say, did, did you hear that? Does that mean? And I'm going, where do you get this stuff, woman? You know? My goodness. Uh, she's just so so sharp. But, but part of that, too, I think, is just being uh, conditioned. One of the things that I, I, I used to have in this workshop, and I don't anymore, but it's one of the things that happens is when you start hiding the word of God in your heart, it's like your spirit starts getting acclimated to the presence of the Holy Spirit in it. And, you, and, and there are a couple of things that happen. One is you don't sin like you used to. And the other thing is when you do sin, you get to the cross and God can take care of it. I think I shared that on Sunday. But you can, it's just this, why waste, you know, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. That's what he wants us to do. So, Okay. Do you need to come and? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? Otherwise, John's going to come. Thank you. Um, we sure appreciate it. And, and I hope it's helpful, but it's just diligence. It's dig in and don't give up. And then you'll start to reap the benefits of... Uh, of having the word of God in you, come, come quickly. <laughs> now it's my turn. So, uh, no, but I do want to just encourage you too. Um, when my kids were little, uh, we would go in and every night uh, memorize scripture with them. We memorize. We were memorizing the first chapter of the book of John, and I think Richie was five and Blake was two and a half, and we like didn't think Blake would he was even paying attention. So we were just you know with Richie, right? Okay, and we do just what he said. We do like half a verse or a whole verse and we just keep repeating it repeating it until you know back and forth until we could repeat it without looking or without little cheats or whatever and then we'd start from the beginning and go to where we were memorizing um we do it that way and um one night when we went in we're like okay now can you say it from the top and we were down uh, maybe like 14 15 verses and blake said i can and he rattled off all 15 we could barely understand (laughs) but he 
um, we could understand enough to know that he knew all those words, and he's at two and a half years old, so never too young um, or too old, um, but, you know, just praying. You know, if, when, when you do something that you know the Lord asks you to do, he says, hide the word in my heart, and that's his will for you, right? And when you pray according to his will, what will he do? That's right. And so we can stand on that promise. Lord, help me to memorize. And so I just pray for you guys that God would bless your mind to memorize, to comprehend, to understand his word, um, to hide it in his heart in Jesus' name. Um, so I want to encourage you in that. Another way we would memorize, a couple different scriptures we would memorize um, uh, with the basketball, you know, what relates, right? Some music, some basketballs. And so um, John chapter 1 starts out, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Genesis 1-1 starts out in the beginning, so we'd always get confused, but in Genesis 1-1, we use the basketball, and we'd bounce it with every word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-1, and so it had a rhythm. So um, another one we put to song, and so just, um, you know, however, however God, um, you know, works with you. Like you said, everyone's different, but I want to encourage you, but the um, and, and as far as how often, I still know, I think almost the 19 verses, at least 16 um, verses of John chapter 1, and I review it maybe once a year now, because um, it was just there, you know, once you get it and it's solid in there, maybe like once a year, and it's still there, so another, okay, I know, I, I was, you thought I was kidding when I said it's my turn, <laughs> I thought I was kidding, <laughs> no, but um, one more thing. This is an encouragement because hiding the word in your heart is, um, it's not just um, a good thing to do, but it, it, scripture never contradicts itself. It only supports itself, right? And so scripture supports scripture. That's why when we study God's word, we always like to do cross-references, right? We don't understand a passage. There's always something else in the Bible that will point to um, that scripture to give us just a little more information, a little more um, uh, understanding of what that verse is about, right? So we always do cross-references. Well, when you have those cross-references memorized and you're reading a passage and, you're, and then you have that memorized and you're like, oh, that's just like what I had memorized and it's right there. It's right there, immediate understanding because you're like, oh, that's that verse because God will bring it to your, to your mind when you're doing that. And so it's amazing how alive scripture will come to you. So just an encouragement to, you know, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, grab a partner and say, hey, let's do it together. We're going to do this chapter, you know, and meet once a week and say, how you doing? Accountability is always, always good. Right, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so um, with that encouragement, um, I want to pray for you guys, but also um, Richard had to leave. You guys know Vicki Nice. She um, has been in the hospital, um, in hospice. She went home uh, for in-home hospice, but she was taken back to um, hospice today, and um, and the family just called, and they don't know if she's going to make it through the night. And so um, uh, they called out scripture to go be with them. So um, you can join me. We're going to lift up Vicki's family to you. Please. You know, I'm talking to the Lord already, sorry. <laughs> um, 
So, Father, I just, um, Lord, we just come before you as um, brothers and sisters of Vicki. And, Lord, um, we thank you for her. God, we thank you, um, Lord, even for that testimony that Rod just shared about his friend. And he was reading the word and just stood in the presence of the word. And so, God, we pray that, um, Lord, Vicki would know your presence right now, Lord. God, that you would speak and minister to her like only you can do, Lord. Um, and God, that you would be with her family. We pray for Carl. We pray for her um, her kids. Um, God, that you would be with them. You would comfort them. That there would be that peace that um, passes all understanding, surpasses all understanding. Um, guard their hearts and their minds, Lord, and um, let them know your presence and your comfort. Um, Lord, in Jesus' name. We also want to lift up um, um, Jenny Gilbert. Um, well, she's in the assisted living now. And God, that you would be with her too, God, that you would guard her mind as well and give her peace in her mind as well, Lord God. And uh, she would know your presence with her in that place. It's not her home, Lord, and, but you are her home, God. So would you comfort her as well, Lord? And, and for uh, Pastor Jonathan, um, his sister is also in hospice, and so, Lord, would you comfort his family as well? God, we pray, um, Lord, that you would just be with um, be with them as they go through this um, um, this hard time, Lord, of um, saying uh, saying goodbye to their sister. Lord, um, be with his family. God, I pray that you would allow. Pastor Jonathan, an opportunity to minister to um, his other siblings and, um, um, and, and that they would allow him to comfort them and bring your word to them. Um, God, um, Lord, that um, you would allow a light to shine um, in this dark time for them, Lord. Um, so be with them, be with, be with their family, Lord. Be with all their families, God, we thank you. For our brothers and sisters, Lord, we thank you that, um, Lord, you designed the church that we can stand with one another in times like this, Lord. Let them know uh, we are with them, and especially, God, that your presence is with them. We lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Um, please uh, continue to keep them in